0: We're going to start out our morning by um, just declaring that we need Jesus. Um, It's not that we need him once a week or once a day, but we need him every hour. And we're going to sing the chorus of this. It's Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. We are doing some last minute adjustments this morning. So these words will not be on the screen. Um, But as we move into the other songs this morning, um, you should be able to sing along with the words. Let's worship Jesus together.
1: Lord, I need you. Oh. How?
0: One more time Lord I need
1: my song Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins the echo of my days oh he is my song you are good. gonna lend me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down you are good good oh you are good Oh
0: This next song is um, one that I'm adding, um, so the words won't be on the screen, but the the verse is very simple, and we're, we're, we're just going to sing this um, just a couple times through, um, just to tell the Lord that there is no better place than in His presence, that there's there's no other place that we would rather be this morning. I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. And here in your love. Here in your love. Let's sing that again. It just goes, repeats itself. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be
1: than here in your, love, here in your, love. No place I would rather be no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. Than here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be no place I would rather be no place I would rather be than here in your love here in your love cause you are good you are good you're good you are good So good to me, you are good, oh.
2: Good morning, whether you are at home or whether you are watching this later or whether you're with some friends this morning, I greet you in Jesus' name. Kate didn't know that I changed the message this morning, and so what she played, what she sang, the way she led us in worship was exactly where we're going to go this morning. So thank you, Kate, for your sensitivity to God's spirit. As we begin this morning, I would like us just to spend a moment, wherever you are and with whomever you are, just silently praying, reflecting, and asking the Lord to meet you this morning in whatever way you need to be met. Whatever way you've come to him this morning, after this week, after the months we've walked through, what is it that if you were just with the Lord alone, which you are, that you want to say to him this morning, because he wants to hear your heart. He wants us to come and ask him for those things that we need. We receive not because we ask not. So let's just spend a moment this morning asking the Lord, telling the Lord what we need. Jesus, repeatedly throughout the gospel, you invite us to come to you. You say, let the little children come to me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of heaven. You tell us that if we ask for your Holy Spirit, or we ask for anything in your name, you will give it. And so this morning, across our congregation and others who may be joining us, We've asked you for things, for whatever it is in our heart this morning. And we thank you that you receive those requests this morning, that you receive them, that it gives you, I think, comfort to know that we come to you, that in times like we're living in, that we choose you, that we choose to come to you. And so this morning we come to you as your people, knowing that you are our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble, and therefore we will not fear. By your Spirit, teach us, lead us, and cause us to rest in you this day, this week, the months and years to come. And I pray for the children who are listening and ask for just a sense of your presence with them today, that they at this age of life would know that verse, um, what time I am afraid I would trust in thee, and know that your trusting in you that we begin as children will stay with us throughout our lifetime. For you are good, and you are faithful, and you are true, in Jesus' name. Amen. I suspect if we could listen in on any number of sermons this morning across this country, we would hear, because I've heard some, that it's a time to be afraid. We would probably also hear sermons of judgment about one thing or another. And there is probably a place for such sermons. But that is not where God led me this week. Instead, he led me to a message that I'm calling Resting in His Nest. And children, if you're watching, um, see if you can discover the nest that is uh, somewhere near me. We have never walked through this way before. None of us. Last uh, fall, I would have preached a message a series of messages about going into the promised land. And I repeatedly said, God has led us there, but some days it's not going to feel like that. Little did we know what this year was going to come, what was coming and what this year would indeed feel like. None of us have ever walked through a pandemic like we're experiencing. Some of you are experiencing great loss right now. We've never walked, any of us, through the kind of political and social unrest and chaos that we're experiencing. We've not been here before. But I wanna say to us this morning as God's children that his children have been here before, that throughout history his children have been here before. And God has always been with them. And God is no less with you and I this morning than with all of those who've been here before And frankly, across the world, are here many more times than we have been. That is, followers of Jesus have faced these kinds of things around the world in ways that we have never faced them in this country. In some ways, God is inviting us to share with them their experiences at this time. Where God led me to was Psalm 46, Psalm 93, and Psalm 91. And we're going to walk through these together this morning. And uh, I'm to, I have several questions, four or five questions, that are going to move us from one set of passages to another. If you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn with me to Psalm 46, 1 to 7. Psalm 46, 1 to 7. I keep finding myself over this year back in Psalm 46. I'll never forget uh, 20 years ago, perhaps, a tragic death. Of an individual, and um, when I pulled into the church parking lot, which was not our church, uh, on the sign was this verse God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in trouble. And I've never forgotten that sign in that moment that no matter what we are walking through, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. Selah. And Sila means just rest in that for a moment. Just rest in that for a moment. That though everything seems to be falling apart around us, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and threaten us. Though the mountains quake with their surging. We will not fear. We will not fear. We will not be afraid. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells, God is there. That city remains this morning. That city hasn't been breached this morning. That city will never be threatened. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day, nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts, the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. The songs Kate led us in repeated over and over and over again, this idea that I I am dwelling with God, he is dwelling with me, and that's what the psalmist is up to as everything apparently is falling apart around him. I suspect the psalmist must have had a week like ours, a year like ours. And yet out of the heart of hearts of this psalmist comes this word, therefore we will not fear. Though everything falls apart, we will not fear for God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help, not part of the time, not some days and some days not, not some minutes and some minutes not, but always God is our refuge and strength i just like to let that sit with you for a moment this morning. Always, 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 an ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength. But if you're like me, you might be saying to yourself, how can this be? How can we watch what we watch? How can we hear what we hear? How can we see what we see? How can we experience what we're experiencing and not be afraid? Isn't, isn't fear just natural, isn't just normal, isn't just what emerges from us as human beings, we as human beings who are in the face of, of violence, in the face of anxiety, face of uncertainty, in the face of unpredictability, isn't yes, 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 yes. Your fear is not to feel guilty about this morning. Your fear is not something that you should feel ashamed of this morning. Fear rises within us, but the psalmist comes back and says, we will not fear because we remember because we remember that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. This is an invitation to not be afraid. This is an invitation to remember where we are, an invitation to remember whose we are, an invitation to remember who is with us, so that therefore we are not afraid. Why should we not be afraid? Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 93. Psalm 93 was the psalm of the week that I sent out at the beginning of the week. And it's a short psalm, but it makes so clear again why we should not be afraid. And it has parallels, actually, to Psalm 46. See if you can find those as I read this short five verses in Psalm 93. The Lord reigns, He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and is armed with strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, O Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of the great waters. Mightier than the breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your statues stand firm. Holiness adorns your house forevermore. The psalmist here who is unnamed reminds us that God still reigns. Despite whatever was happening in Psalm 46, God still reigned. Despite what is happening in our country and despite what is happening in our world this morning and what happens this week and the next week and the months that follow and years that follow, God still reigns. I don't know if you can say amen where you're at, but that's the truth. God still reigns. Amen? God still reigns. And like Psalm 46, the seas have lifted up. The seas are threatening. If you've been to the ocean at the time of a hurricane, and we've been there a couple of times when a hurricane has come close or come through, and you know there's something um, incredibly powerful, frightening, Almost fascinatingly frightening, kind of like watching the news this week. Almost fascinatingly frightening, hard to pull away from. And yet knowing that at any point it could destroy you if you walk too close to it. And so in both of these psalms, the waves, are, the waves are, are, are coming up. The waves are thrashing. The waves are throwing themselves around. They're threatening. But the psalmist comes back in 93 and reminds the readers, but God is mightier than the great waves. God is mightier than the breakers. Whatever you experienced this week, whatever you were feeling this week, whatever you're feeling this morning, God is mightier than those breakers. God is greater than those waves. The world as God created it is firmly established. It shall not be moved. For the one who you and I worship and the one who invites us to be with him every day and with him this morning is the one who is from eternity. I have said repeatedly, leading up to this election that we just had, that it will be a footnote in history books. It will be a footnote in God's history. It will be a footnote in God's eschatology. When you and I are in that new kingdom and that new heaven and new earth, we will not remember this week. Just keep that in mind. When we are in that new heaven and new earth, this week will be written off from that story. It will not matter anymore. But what's going to matter is whether you and I end up in that story of God. What's going to matter is how do you and I walk through this time? What matters is not what happens. What matters is not what happened this week. What matters is not what happens tomorrow. What matters is how you and I respond to what happened this week. What matters is how you and I respond to what happens tomorrow. Will we find our refuge in God? Will we find our hope in the Eternal One, who is changeless, who no matter what is happening around us right this very moment, no matter what the news is breaking with, He has not changed. He is from all eternity. His ways do not change. His plans do not change. God's plans remain the same this morning as they were a week ago, as they were five years ago, 10 years ago, and 20 years ago. God is on the move still. And nothing is going to get in the way of our God on the move. Nothing is going to get on the way of our God on the move. No matter how big the breakers, no matter how big the waves, the question for you and I is not what is happening, but what are we, where are we going with our fears? Where are we going with our anxieties? Are we bringing them back to God, or are we going somewhere else? Because the eternal God remains in control, and the eternal God continues to invite us back to himself. His ways are firm. His laws are firm. What he is up to will not be moved. But how is it possible for us when everything around us is falling down? When everything around us seems to be falling down. And and for some of you, you are not only experiencing the pandemic and some of you losses from it. You're not only experiencing trauma that some of you experienced some of us experience in watching and if if you didn't um, it's likely that you have or will the the, the 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 scenes we saw this week the fears we have how is it possible to rest in God in that time Psalm 91 1 to eight, tells us how it's possible turn with me if you would to Psalm 91. 1 to 8. This is the invitation to come to God in times like these. He or she who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to read that again. He or she who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. There is a place this morning where God invites you to rest. There is a place this morning where God invites you out of the noise of life and into his shelter, as Psalm 46 said, this is the refuge. There is a place of protection. There is a refuge for you. There is a shelter for you and I this morning, and it's in the shadow of the Almighty. It's in the shadow of the Eternal One. It's in the shadow of the One who doesn't change. It's in the shadow of the one who remains in charge and can in control. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. There you hear it again. You will not fear the terror of night. For those who are preaching fear this morning, it is not a biblical message. For those who preach fear this morning, it is not a biblical message. The scripture runs through with do not be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. Lo, I am with you to the end of the world. Constant theme from Old Testament through New Testament is, Do not, saints, be afraid. For he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. The psalmist was in the middle of a war. There were arrows flying around him. There was terror at night. There was disease and plague during the daytime that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. He sounds an awful lot like the kind of world that we're living in. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you can see it on the camera, and I'll hold it up, but it's very, very delicate, and the more I touch it, the more it loses some of what it has. But this is a nest. Um, if you can see it, and I'm holding out to you the part of the nest that was attached to the trunk of our Christmas tree. This week, uh, this week I was um, out on the porch in the dark uh, with a little bit of a dim light from the from the porch light, taking the lights off of our Christmas tree. And if there was ever a year when I tried to get the lights woven into the middle of the tree, towards the trunk and around. In fact, I used wire to keep them close to the branches and to tuck them in, loaded it with lights, turned the lights on. Loved, we loved the tree this year. It was a beautiful tree. But then when I took it outside in the dark, I was taking the lights off, and I thought I saw a nest. And I thought it can't be. In the dark, there was a nest. And this little nest was actually difficult to get off the tree. The little bird had tucked the nest into and against the trunk, tied it into the trunk. So part of the, tr- the nest is actually thin because that, the trunk was serving to actually hold the nest together and provide protection in that part of the nest. And inside the nest, you can't see it, but inside the nest are some little needles from our Christ- Christmas tree that she tucked in there kind of like kind of like a bedding for the little birds and for herself. And I was so struck by this point, and Heidi's the one who made it to me. In the light, I never saw the place of refuge. When things were light around me, I missed the nest. How did I miss that nest? I had lights everywhere. I had strings of lights. I was working right near the trunk. But I missed the nest. But it was in the dark, the near dark, with shadows. That I saw the refuge that I saw the nest folks it's in weeks like these that our eyes are open to see the refuge it's in weeks like these where we learn that we can take nothing for granted where we see what God has provided for us that he invites us to be with him that he invites us to come to him he doesn't reject us this morning no matter what your experience was this week, no matter what your feelings are, no matter how you've experienced this week, no matter what you've said or done to this point, he says, just come up here, child. Just come up and get in this nest. I, I'm, I've am i created this for you. I've prepared this refuge for you. High up in this tree, and nobody's going to get it. They're not even going to see it. It's tucked away, and I'm waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. And a wonderful thing about God's invitation to us is he never says, I told you so. When we, when we turn to him and say, God, I just want you to be my refuge and strength, and I recognize that I haven't made you my refuge and strength, and I recognize that I've turned to other things, and I recognize I've been too preoccupied with the news, and I recognize this and recognize that, he doesn't say, I told you so. He says, just get up here. Just like he told Zacchaeus, just get down here. No matter what Zacchaeus had done, no matter the thief he had been, no matter how much he had stolen, he just said, Zacchaeus, I'd like to come to your house and have lunch with you. And so that invitation remains for us this morning. And my prayer for you and for all of us is that we see that refuge more clearly this week. We see that this is where we turn our eyes. That the people of God in times of trouble always turn their eyes back to God. And he receives, he receives, he receives, he receives with open arms. And what's so interesting, too, about this passage is in verse 2, verse 3, he says, I will save you from the fowler's snare. So the psalmist is into birds in this passage because the psalmist is saying, look, there are, two pa- there are two scenarios. One is a fowler, and a fowler was someone who went after birds, trapped birds, set, 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 set traps for birds, a hunter. And so the fowler is going after the birds with a trap. And the psalmist is saying, he's going to protect you from the fowler. And of course, for us, we know that's the enemy of our souls. That in the midst of everything falling down around us, he will protect us from the fowler. We do not have to be trapped by what is happening. We don't have to be trapped by all that we're hearing. We don't have to be hooked by it. I will protect you from the fowler snare, and then I will place you under the shadow of my wing under my feathers, in my nest. Folks, we have two choices this morning. We can get trapped by the fowler in all that's going on. We can get hooked. We can spend all of our time watching the news. We can spend all of our time talking to friends about what's happening in the world around us. Or we can say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the nest. I've been spending way too much time in this part of my life. I'm going back to the nest. I'm going back to receive the blessing and peace and presence of God because I know that's the one place I can count on being safe. Because his invitation of safety and protection is for all time because he is eternal. This is our invitation. As long as we stay out of the nest, we risk being trapped by the fowler. We can't have it both ways. We're in or we're out. When I talk about being in the nest, I mean placing our lives fully into God's hands and trusting him to do his work. My prayer every morning this year, as I've started the year and as I continue it, is a prayer from St. Augustine. It says, enlarge, enlarge the door of my heart, O God. Enlarge the door of my heart. Keep me from secret sins. Keep me from those things that get in the way of you ruling and reigning in my life. That's what it means for us to dwell with God, is to say, oh, God, enlarge my heart that you would enter it. Let me let us just be together. And one of the things that Augustine talks about is the amazing thing that God invites us to rest in him, but he also rests in us. It's this dual language of we in God and God in us. There's no separation when we choose him this morning. And so I just want to invite you, if you look back on your life this week and say, Lord, I was spending too much time here or there or Spending to focus too much here and there, and I wasn't enough focused on you. His invitation this morning is just come back to the nest. Just come back and dwell with me. And I'm going to come back to where I've come back to for 20 years. What is your life with God like? Are you spending time with God? Are you allowing Psalm 93, when I send it out, to be your psalm for the week? To read it every day? Because even if you just read that every day, it's going to get into your heart. Because that's what the Word of God does. It's alive. It comes into us. It takes over us. When we make ourselves vulnerable, and I'll say that, vulnerable to the presence of God, the presence of God moves in upon us. And so I just want to encourage you this week to to dwell with God. To find your refuge in God is to turn back to God. To spend some time in God's word, some spend some time in His presence, to spend some time telling Him what you need and how you're experiencing what you're experiencing. To maybe it's maybe for some of you it's to recover a spiritual discipline like, like um, like, like like fasting, or like journaling. Um, but whatever it is, what's going to ground you in God? Because something, what we're seeing around us this week is not going to keep us grounded. Too much is changing. The waves that we're experiencing that change from moment to moment will not keep us grounded. You and I cannot stay grounded in what we're hearing right now. The only grounding is God. And so the only way to survive this storm right now, brothers and sisters, is to stay in God and to rest in God and to stay put in God, to stay in his word, to stay in prayer. And to encourage yourself with those who also encourage you to stay in God's word and prayer. That's the only way. Otherwise, we're going to be we're going to be taken away by the waves. This is incredible time of testing for the church. Will we be taken by the waves that are around us, including waves that include an awful lot of Christians who are also swimming in those waves at their own peril? But not us. We stay in God. We stay nestled. In his rest. And what is God up to while we're resting? You know, it's so, we so much want to have control. And and I think it's part of what God has given to us because he, he wants us to do. But there are times where doing does us nothing, there are times where doing actually takes us back rather than forward. And what he calls us to do is to rest and be still. Why? Because he's taking care of it. I'd like you to turn with me now to the the rest of Psalm 46, 8 and 9. Psalm 46, 8 and 9. Answering the question of what is God up to? So if he calls us to rest in him, to hang out in him, not to get worried and captured by the waves, what is God doing? Is he taking a walk? Is he running away? Is he finding something else to do? Is he taking his focus off of us? No. This is the reason we can rest, because of what God is up to in the world. We can rest and be comforted because God is still at work in the world. And so 8 and 9 tells us what God is doing. Come and see the works of the Lord. Come and see the works of the Lord. So while everything is falling apart in Psalm 46, the waves are crashing and the mountains are falling by the way come over here take your eyes off of that stuff and come over here for a minute child see what god is doing you see there are there are a couple of stories going on in the world right now and this came to me pretty graphically this week i was part of a webinar that was a church related webinar not this congregation but a wider church put on by a national organization and there were 30 of us looking at each other on the screen, and I had also heard on the news when I stepped out for a moment that uh, that the Capitol had just been breached. And so I turned on the news, and I had these split screens, and I had this, you know, mostly middle-aged men sitting around talking to each other about what the church should be like, and then I had the, what was happening in the Capitol. And it was like this incongruity between these two pictures. Like, part of it was to me that I've been saying is, God, we can't be church like we've been church anymore. Like, the world, when we return to church, whatever that's going to look like, the world has changed around us. And we've got to be prepared for that world, and we won't be prepared for that world if we join that world. We've only got to be prepared for that world if we join God. So there were these two screens, but then I realized as I was reading the next day Psalm 46 with some friends on a Zoom call dwelling in Psalm 46, I realized there was a third screen. It, it wasn't the church screen, and it wasn't the Washington DC screen. It was God's screen. And that's not to say God wasn't in those other screens. It's just that's not where the action was. Th- those were footnotes to God's screen. They they were three-inch screens compared to God's screen. They were nothing compared to God's screen. What's happening on God's screen is in verses 8 and 9. Come watch God's screen with me. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. What is the desolation God is bringing on the earth? There's this wonderful twist. The desolation God is bringing on the earth is he's making war cease. The desolation God is bringing on the earth is is he's breaking the bow and shattering the spear. The desolation God is bringing on the earth is he's burning the shields with fire. In other words, what God is bringing in his desolation is the destruction that we've seen this week. It is going to become nothing in his story. It's not going to matter in his story. Because he is already on a third screen doing something else. He is on a third screen building that highway that I've talked about repeatedly in Isaiah 40. Lowering mountains, raising valleys, making rough places plain and crooked places straight so that everyone can see the glory of God. There's a third screen this morning. And my invitation to you this morning is to get in that nest with God and look at God's screen. Look at what's showing on Heaven's story. Look at what's showing in Heaven's channel. If you're going to watch a channel, watch Heaven's channel for goodness sakes. And let's take our eyes off of some of the other stories and screens that we're feeding our minds and hearts and imaginations with. And what are we doing while God's at work? The same thing we were doing before God. We, we, we talked about God being at work, resting. And the psalmist comes back to that in verse 10. Be still. While God is up to desolating war and violence, and destruction, and poverty, and everything that the enemy has brought against the world since Eden, while God is up to destroying that, just be still. Don't get engaged in it. Don't try to take it on yourself. Be still and know that I am God. For I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I want to plead with you this morning to be still and to know that He is God. To be still and to know that He is God. You will find comfort nowhere else. There's no other screen that's going to give you comfort this week. Every other screen creates anxiety for us. But the one screen that will give us comfort is the screen. It's God's screen. It's what God is doing in the world, and it's what God invites us to be part of. Folks, the church is at a crossroads. There's no doubt the church is at a crossroads. I've been saying for a while, that, and I'm not the only one saying it, but the church and what we're experiencing is very similar in some ways to 500 years ago when our spiritual ancestors stepped out from what was going on in the world and turned their eyes back to God. And they said, we will not go along with with what the world is doing, what the church is doing. We're going to reject violence, and we're going to reject the sword at our own peril. We're going to be known as the people in the land who reject the sword and who reject violence and be known for that. Why? Because we know we can rest. We might lose life and limb, but we know the kingdom story. We might lose everything we have, but we know the bigger story. We know that the little story of loss is nothing compared to the greater story. Paul said this, of course, I've repeated it many times. These momentary trials are nothing, nothing, nothing compared to the glory that awaits us. We can join the left and assume there will be, and we can take, say, the political left. We can join the political right. Or we can go down in despair if we think about a crossroads, horizontal and vertical. Or we can look to God. And like I did the other night, find that there's a nest waiting for you. There's a place of refuge and there's a place of safety. And I just want to say one thing again as I close there is no other place of safety. There is no other place in this time of our history than to be present with God, to dwell with God to put our faith totally in God, no matter the cost. Because the story that's being written on earth these days is a minor story. Do not get caught up in this story. It is a small, small story compared to the kingdom story. And if you and I lose our lives because we have focused on the big story, we will never, ever regret it. Lord Jesus, you just invite us, Invite us, invite us to come be with you, to hear your story, to dwell with you, to be protected by you. This is this is an incredible invitation you give us that no matter what is happening around us, you are with us. You are the eternal one. You are the changeless one. And some of us recognize this morning, probably all of us, if we're honest, that. For whatever reason, we need to repent. We need to say, God, we're sorry. We've taken our eyes off of your story. We've forgotten that you are our refuge. We've forgotten that you are the one who protects us. We've allowed ourselves to become afraid and anxious. But we turn back to you, knowing that you receive us, knowing that you don't say, I told you so. You just say, child, get up here. Get up here and just hang out with me. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. Oh, God, have mercy on us. God, have mercy on us. Have mercy on the world. Have mercy on the church. Have mercy on each one of us. In the precious name of the one who shed his blood, and overcame every other kingdom, and overcame every other principality, and made every other kingdom and every nation and other principality a footnote compared to the kingdom of God, we say these things. Amen.
0: We're going to end this morning by singing um, the bridge of a song we sang last week. It's called, You Hold It All Together. So Austin, this has changed again. <laughs> um, so as, as Austin gets the words up on the screen, um, I just invite you to sit and declare in your heart that um, God is the God of our present. And he is the God of our future. And he writes our story. And while he's doing that, he holds it all together. God of my present. God of my future.
1: You write my story. You hold it all together. God of my present. God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together. God of my present, God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together. God of my present, God of my future. You hold it all together You are the Alpha You are the Omega You're in the Middle You hold it all together You are the Alpha And the Omega You're in the Middle You hold it all together You are the alpha, you are the omega. You're in the middle, you hold it all together.
0: And we're going to um, declare some more truth. These words will not be up on the screen, um, but it's going to be to the same tune. And we are going to sing, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my Jesus. And you hold it all together. You are my
1: refuge. You are my fortress. You are my Jesus. You hold it all together. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my Jesus. You hold it all together. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my Jesus. You hold it all together. You are Refuge, you are my fortress, you are my Jesus, you hold it all together. for